There's no video for this. We're recording. <laughs> keep that. Keep that. Is there no video for this in here? We've got to go to our 1031 Tribe event. We just recorded our first in-person rip since Nashville. This is the first one-on-one in-person rip we've probably had since... Let's fucking go. A live episode. Bitbox Boom. Um, that was wasn't one-on-one either. It was a group. Oh, yeah. We had a group. So it's been a while. Maybe it was yeah. pre-pandemic. No, I don't think so. I think we're wrong on that one. We might be. But anyway, this is a great rip. I hope you love it, freaks. I'm happy you like this studio. I was very nervous. About this studio is really fucking awesome. All right, sweet. All right. I really like this one. I fucking love what we got going on here at the Bitcoin Commons. The vibe is very high, elevated, getting the studio finally put together and sitting down. The set that, that, that we have here, I, th- I think it's going to produce some good content. Shout out to Carr. Is behind the computer right now. He's putting everything together, making us look good. We're stepping it up here at TFTC Freaks. <sighs> trying, trying to make something legitimate, you know. Doing our best. This rip is brought to you by our good friends at Unchained Capital. Unchained Capital is here to bring you financial services that leverage Bitcoin's native properties. Uh, they have their Vault product, which is a two or three multi-sig. Quorum, which you hold two keys, Unchained holds one key. You always have access to your Bitcoin as long as you have your two keys. If you're ever in a pinch, you need that second Unchained to be the second in the two or three multi-sig quorum, they are there for you. And they have a, a lending platform as well. You use your Bitcoin as collateral. It's same day US dollar liquidity. They have an IRA product. You can roll over your IRA into Bitcoin. You can control the keys too. Jeff Anders running that team. Uh, be on the lookout too. They had a data breach last week. They just announced earlier today uh, in terms of data breaches, the severity relatively low compared to uh, data breaches uh, that happen in other areas of the industry. Um, but yeah, they, there, there was a data breach, uh, some identifying information, emails, IP addresses um, that were stored on a trusted uh, third party um, did get socially engineered. Um, you know, the, the third party got socially engineered. So go check out the uh, the announcement there. Um, we'll try to link to that in the show notes as well. This, uh, But if you want to go check out everything they got going on, incredible products, incredible team, incredible content, unchained.com. This trip is also brought to you by our good friends at Brains. Cars pulling off his headphones because that was a high. I hit that high note. Brains with two eyes. B-R-A-I-I-N-S. Incredible team. Been in Bitcoin for quite a while. Our team behind Slush Pool, which is the oldest mining pool in Bitcoin's history. Started in 2010. Uh, their team behind Brains OS Plus firmware, which allows you to stack more sats with your hash. If you download it on uh, an ASIC, that's compatible. If you have an ASIC, that's compatible with any of Brains OS Plus firmware versions uh, and you're not using it, you are leaving sats on the table. It's as simple as that. They have insights.brains.com, I-N-S-I-G-H-T-S.brains, B-R-A-I-I-N-S.com. That is your one-stop shop for all the pertinent mining data that you may need as an individual or a business in the mining industry. They were going to throw a conference, but they had to cancel it. They'll probably reschedule it at some point later. Be on the lookout for that. 
Uh, what else do they have? Incredible content as well. If you want to learn about the mining industry, history, how it works, what they're working on. They work on open source projects as well, like Stratum B2. Go check it out. Brains.com. B-R-A-I-I-N-S.com. This trip is also brought to you by good friends at HODL. HODL. HODL is, HODL is here to bring you a peer-to-peer lending platform. No KYC, no AML. It also leverages Bitcoin's native multi-sig properties. What you do is you put your Bitcoin up in a collateral escrow multi-sig accounts where you hold one key. It's a two or three multi-sig. You hold one key. Your counterparty, counterparty holds one key. And then HODL HODL is there with the third key. In this setup, you do not, uh, you cannot move the funds in the escrow account for obvious reasons. However, you do have this ability into that multi-sig wallet to ensure that your sats aren't being rehypothecated and that if you're paying your stable coin loan back plus the interest at the end of the day, you are going to get your sats back. Alternatively, if you are a stable coin guy or gal and you're looking to get yield on your stable coins, you can go to lend.hodlhodl.com and enter the other side of that marketplace and put up your stable coins to be lent out uh, with an interest rate attached to them to Bitcoiners looking for stablecoin liquidity. Go to lend.hodlhodl.com to check out this lending platform. Again, it's no KYC, no AML. You put the Bitcoin up, you get stable coins, you pay back the stable coin loan, and you get your sats back. No KYC, no AML. You put your stable coins up. You, they get lent out to Bitcoiners and you get your stable coins back plus a bit of interest on top of it. It's a great, it's a great, beautiful thing. Lend.hodlhodl.com. This rip was last but not least brought to you by our good friends at the Bitcoin 2022 conference, which is coming up real quick. We had CK, Pete Rizzo, and Dylan LeClaire on the show yesterday. Great little four-person powwow here at the Bitcoin Commons talking about everything they're doing at Bitcoin Magazine, what they have planned at Bitcoin 2022. It is happening in a few weeks, April 6th to 9th in South Beach, Miami. It's a four-day four day event. They've got uh, Industry Day, which is the first day. You want to brush elbows with industry hot players. Hot players. Day one, six, days two and three, seventh and eighth are general conference days. Uh, we're going to go in and it's going to be a massive event with many stages, having very focused talks, panels, presentations. There's going to be many CEOs throughout the industry that are participating. There's President Bukele is going to be making a big announcement. I think we've got senators, congressmen coming in to talk as well. It's going to be a, a, hell, a hell of an event. Day four is a music and comedy festival. They've added comedy to the list as well. They've got comedians coming. They've got Steve Aoki coming, Logic, Dead Mouse, Run the Jewels, uh, and a bunch of funny comics as well. Hannibal Barris will be there. They announced that yesterday. Um, Mark Marin's going to be there. So it's going to be, going to be a cool event. The Bitcoin Magazine team, BTC Media team is, is creating a very... Very cool cultural event in South Beach, Miami. Go to b.tc slash conference to get your tickets if you haven't already. They're going to be going up as we approach conference day. Use the code TFTC. That's TFTC. You're going to get 10% off your tickets. b.tc slash conference. Uh, Code TFTC. Last but not least, uh, I know I just said that for Bitcoin 2022 conference. However, we got to make you aware that if... Uh, you download the Fountain app and you listen to 
TFTC, any TFTC episode between now and the end of the month, March 31st, uh, you're going to get 1,000 sats sent to your fountain wallet. And at the end of the month on the 31st, we're going to randomly choose a freak who downloads the app and listens to a TFTC episode, 50,000 sats. That's uh, like 2,500 sats a dollar right now. Times that by two, that's $2. Times that by 10, it's $20 worth of Bitcoin. 20 bucks worth of sats, okay? Download the Fountain app. Fountain.fm, I believe is the website. If you want to go check out where you can download that. Enjoy this rip. Incredible rip. Okay. You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. Probably should be. Probably should be. We're back in person. Let's fucking go. You don't, you don't like your legs being shown on camera? I, when FDR was president, they didn't show legs. Yeah. Well, like you said, he had polio. He did have polio. Yeah. yeah. Rest in peace, FDR. RIP. Yeah. Wasn't his wife running the show for a while? Is that him? I don't think so. Yeah. Well, what is up, freaks? Dude, this fucking studio is fucking awesome. Thank you. You like it? Bitcoin Commons is fucking awesome. Yeah. You, you, you regretting your decision? What decision? I live in Austin. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, but the, you don't work out of the Bitcoin Commons. <laughs> Just live too far out of Austin. <laughs> it's a long drive. The stash is too much. When are you going to do the stash? I don't know. I'm building one now. We've, we've got uh, the Empower Conference at the end of the month here in Texas, in Houston. And uh, Drew Armstrong and I are on a panel together for Cathedra. Was that ONG? ONG and, and Bitcoin joining forces in Houston, Texas. Going to be a great event, but yeah, I think I'm going to grow the mustache out for that. I have not told my wife yet, though. She just thinks I'm bringing the beard back. I hope she just found out live. She may have. Honey, I'm going to be out of town. I'm going to have a stash. You're not going to have to look at it directly. Maybe you'll see pictures of it. This is Rabbit Hole Recap Rip 191. We're live at the Bitcoin Commons. We've got Matt back in person. I miss these in-person rips. They're the best. I will, I will crack. We need a cheers. It's good to see you. It's good to see Carr. The vibes have been high. I've already cracked. The vibes have been high. We gotta look at each other when we cheers. 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 That's a good call. Otherwise, seven years of bad sex, not between us. Uh, It's just gonna extend my extend my bad sex run. (laughs) Another seven years. Damn it! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What what a week. I'm not gonna lie, dude. I'm exhausted. It's been. You got here last night. Carr and I have been running this week. We got the studios finally set up this week. It's been, uh, it was hard to find furniture. The supply chain issues are real. My landlord has just been using that as an excuse, I'm pretty sure. I don't know, man. Finally got a new dishwasher. Finally? That was quick. You started complaining about that, what, like a week ago? Two weeks ago? No, no, no. It's, it's been months. Yeah. Uh, two more days. We got a lot going on in the comments here. We've got a 1031 Tribe event after this. We've got Bit Devs tonight. We got the Bitcoin takeover tomorrow at South by Southwest. Very high signal event. I'm really excited for it. Yeah. There's a uh, the energy is 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 very 
high right now in Austin, Texas, but it's also draining. And again, I'm exhausted. I'm going to be switching between this Topo Chico. I've just been perpetually exhausted this year. Yeah. Yeah. We got Bitcoin 2022 right around the corner. I had Rockstar on Dispatch this week, and it was just basically a public Odell therapy session. <laughs> it's like two hours of him working working through the, the Odell exhaustion. What, uh, where did we... I, I have not had time to listen to it yet. Where, where did we settle the therapy session? I mean, like a good therapy session, I felt much better at the end. That's good. That's good. Feel rejuvenated. That's good. I, I need you rejuvenated. I You forced me to, to lead last week and to yeah. step up. I, we might need to meet each other in the middle. Of this well, that week. was also because I was drinking with Bitcoiners the night before. Yes. So. And you were last night as well. <sighs> yeah. It's a trend. Did you see any live, live music last night? No. No. I haven't seen any live music yet. It's up by. Um, yeah. It's fucking... Bitcoin capital of the world. So I have a good place for us to start before we get to Clark Moody's. Um, you know, we're we're exactly two years from the largest single day drop in equities markets mm-hmm. when everything went completely chaotic. March 17th. Um, we are uh, two years and a couple days from that March 12th event where Bitcoin plunged first before equities did. Mm-hmm. Pretty crazy two years. Very crazy doesn't, two years. Doesn't feel like two years. Uh, no, it doesn't. We uh, we were still... At March 12th, I'd left Brooklyn. Our last Brooklyn in-person rip was probably... I escaped Brooklyn March 12th. Yeah. I remember because we thought the pandemic was going to be really bad. Uh, and I had to return an Amazon package. So I... Uh, Whole Foods is owned by Amazon, so you could drop it off there. And I walk in with my N95 mask. There's a line out the door because people are panicking, trying to get food. And I was the only one wearing an N95 mask. I like drop off the package. I like walk out. I was like, none of these people are going to make it. They're all going to die. And I got into my car and just drove out of Brooklyn. <laughs> that was two years ago. <laughs> two years ago. We're here. We're still alive. Many of the people in Brooklyn are still alive. Many have left us. Uh, yeah, March 12th. We were talking about that earlier. Uh, we had breakfast. That was a beautiful breakfast this morning outdoors. Yeah, thanks for having us over for breakfast. Yeah, and, uh, it's Marty made us breakfast uh, filled with seed oils. No, I didn't. There was no seed, not one seed oil. <laughs> Everything was made in butter. We had eggs, bacon, pineapple, hash browns, onions, and peppers. It was delicious. It was a good. It was a good breakfast. Some coffee. I should have probably started cooking breakfast a little bit earlier, though. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, that's what, that's on me. That's on me. It's uh, yeah, March twelfth. It's pretty crazy that it's been two years. It it feels, it feels longer, right? It feels much longer. Like we were talking at breakfast today about uh, Bitmex's, like trading engine during that. Apparently, it actually performed well until they saved the market and shut it down. <laughs> until they until they uh, shut down their site. But like, yeah, Bitmex was. I don't think they were in the legal battle. That seems to be coming to an end now at that point even. Right? Yeah, I mean, it's over because they all pleaded guilty to bank secrecy violations. Yes. 10 mil slap on the wrist though. And prison, potential prison time. Yes, but it's for the guy who's already served a bunch of time, right? So he'll get time served. Sure. Yeah. We've got, we've got Arthur Hayes' recent blog post on the list. I was thinking about the two year... Oh, that post is great. We're going to definitely talk about that. But uh, I was... Like to me... That March 
to like August was like kind of a blur. And the turning point was Bitblock Boom 2020. Bitblock Boom 2020, I felt like my feet were beneath me. I wasn't like acting in a panic, panic mode mess. or reactionary mode. And like I had a plan in place for like how to be successful in this kind of environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, I mean, looking back, like we fucking did it. Like I, I think, I think uh, we navigated that chaos pretty fucking well. Um, and I like to think a lot of the freaks did as well alongside us. Yeah, and, look at uh, look at us now. We've we've gone from the shit. We've gone from the shared room in my apartment building in Williamsburg studio apartment. <laughs> my studio apartment. We have a bookshelf with a bunch of book Bitcoin related stuff. I've got this butt box here. It cost me a Bitcoin. Worst investment Marty's ever made. Thank you, Balaji. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's a 21 computer. It was supposed to revolutionize the world. It was going to Marty. Bring... Marty got wrecked on it. It was it, it was a lesson learned. Lesson learned. I, uh, Bitcoin price is probably like what six hundred. It was the first time Marty ever mined Bitcoin. Yeah, it was. Didn't uh, the the 21 computer didn't produce a lot of satoshis, but it produced a lot of lessons. Okay, that's uh. It's an expensive lesson, as Matt just described, but... It's kind of weird. Like, should I, I... I should be looking at the camera instead of you? Yeah, well, we can see each other. In the, in the camera? In the camera, yeah. Okay. We can look at each other, though, too. I do I'm miss, looking at you right now. I do miss looking into your eyes. Though. Right, I feel like I yeah. should turn. Yeah. It's, I'm still trying... We're trying to figure it out. It's, it's an iterative process here at the TFTC studios in the Bitcoin comments. Where Parker Lewis is the... The uh, the monitor of feng shui. He's been very hands on in where we place everything in this. Um, came in here earlier and tried to put Bitcoin sign guy picture here. I told him to get the hell out. It's just forcing it. We're gonna build out the bookshelf though. Let's go to Clark's dashboard and jump into it. Current price of Bitcoin is forty thousand eight hundred twenty cuck bucks. One cuck bucks gonna get you two thousand four hundred and fifty sats. Currently sitting at a $775 billion market cap. We are at block height, 727,778. We're like 50. No, that wouldn't have been a palindrome. Yeah, no, it would have been like we're 50, 51 blocks past a palindrome. Did the difficulty adjustment just happen? It just happened literally uh, as we were sitting down, getting ready to hit record two blocks ago. And we had a difficulty adjustment of negative 0.4 percent that was difficulty epoch 362 blocks were coming in at 10 minutes and three seconds on average over that 2016 block period we're currently 2014 blocks away from the next retarget which as of right now is estimated to be march 31st and it's even two blocks in there's no estimate up or down yeah i mean that's way early of course there's no estimate yeah it's way early uh, Samurai feeling vindicated this week those guys are but we'll uh, we'll talk to that we'll talk about that later a, as well they have a promo code for discount called Wasabi Refugees <laughs> well it seems like there are some re- refugees uh, transferring over to that uh, whirlpool what a fucking shame unspent capacities at 4,510.01 Bitcoin I believe that's 100 Bitcoin more than it was last week it was at like 4,400 uh Cuck bucks, that's 184.1 million in unspent value. Not nothing. Not nothing. I mean, 100 Bitcoin influx in a seven-day period is not 
anything to scoff at. What's what's a hundred divided by forty four? Hundred. It's like two percent almost. A little bit more than two percent. Oh, I didn't know what kind of math you were trying. No, to I was do. trying to do like percentage growth week on week. That's a pretty good. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, should we start there? Or it's like we, two and a half percent, right? Yeah, somewhere around there. Two two point six percent. Yeah. Um, Car just did it on his fingers and sent it to us. Do we front load with data leaks or do we front load with? Well, we we front load with data leaks. Okay. That's fucking brutal, and we're broadcasting from their offices. Oh, this is the Bitcoin Commons. This is Bitcoin Commons. This is separate from Unchained's offices. They okay. do sp- they do sponsor the Commons. Unchained had a data leak. Uh, last week that they announced yesterday, no Unchained systems were compromised and no data was pulled from their systems directly. However, they were using a trusted third-party vendor, Active Campaign, and they actually, uh, so they, the situation is they closed down their Active Campaign account uh, a month ago as they transitioned to what they believe is more secure uh, CRM. And apparently some attacker uh, basically socially engineered active campaign to reopen the canceled account. The, the attacker went into the active campaign chat function on their website and talked with a rep at that company and somehow socially engineered them to create a new admin um, admin on the canceled unchained account that that person was then able to access and then pull uh, data from the active campaign. So it, it gathered email addresses, IPs, and whether or not the people in that database had vaults or not. So and usernames. And usernames, yes. Um, well, my understanding was that Unchained asked them to delete their data. They didn't delete the data. Yes. And then they restored full access and the account to the attacker without any uh, verification. Like, but still, obviously, uh, Unchained has to take the blame, and they they have taken the blame for yes. trusting this third party. And my understanding from Parker is that they tend to move everything in house now. Yes, uh, not that it really helps the people that are already um, compromised. Me being one of them. And like the majority, I think the majority of Unchained team also has vaults. Uh, yeah. So they all got compromised. This is a marketing, uh, this was the marketing database. Um, it's pretty fucking bad. I trust the third parties are security holes. Um, this is, you know, one of the main trade-offs you take with something that's collaborative custody. Uh, you have ease of use, you have them holding your hand, but you have to trust them. Cool. Um, and I know they're feeling a lot of shame and embarrassment and, uh, shitty week and, and they feel very responsible, obviously, because they are, um, for this happening. Um, it's important to realize for people that are affected that yes, mailing addresses haven't been exposed, home addresses haven't been exposed, but you can use this data with other leaks to cross-reference. So like if your email address is in here and let's say like Ticketmaster was hacked and your home address is in Ticketmaster, a malicious entity can combine the two, um, can combine the two to have your data to, to figure out other data, external data that wasn't in this leak. 
IP addresses obviously give rough location to a amateur attacker, but a sophisticated attacker can get very precise location from IP addresses. Um, I don't know why a marketing company was logging IP addresses in the first place. Um, I, my understanding is IP addresses were a, a reduced subset of it, so not everyone's IP addresses were exposed, but uh, a decent amount were. Like people who bought like concierge service through the marketing mm-hmm. company or something like that. Yes, and another variable in this. So th- this attack, this social engineering attack, was waged on another company a few weeks before Unchained Two, an active campaign didn't, number one, warn anybody or two, obviously change any of their internal processes, which is pretty stunning how, how incompetent. Trust the third parties, man. I know. The data leaks will keep happening till more and more people get burned and people learn their lesson, but it doesn't lessen the hurt every fucking time it happens. No. And so, if you're an unchained customer who was affected by this leak. Be on the lookout for phishing scams on you personally. People, So like fake emails that say they're from Unchained or probably from a bunch of different Bitcoin companies. They'll, they'll just assume that you have accounts on like Coinbase or mm-hmm. Cash App or all the, all the Bitcoin companies. Yes. Um, never like click a link in an email. Always type it in manually. Yeah. So... Sucks. Trusted third parties, man. This is like trusted third party squared because like Unchained is a trusted third party and then they trusted the third party. I would say to like all the Bitcoin founders out there, like take this as a fucking lesson. You know, do everything on a foundational level to protect data. Hold as little data as possible. And then with that data, like make sure you're doing everything in-house as much as po- practically possible. Um because it matters. It really, it really does matter exposing your users to this kind of risk uh, when it's not necessary. Agreed. Agreed. My wife just texted me, side note, are you drinking already? Honey, it's a cold brew. It's a cold brew. But he's also drinking already. No. I had a sip of a Topo Chico. He's drinking. Yeah. I, did. What did she say about the mustache? I don't know if she's heard, heard that yet. <laughs> I think she might have just hopped in. Honey... <laughs> I mean, if she hopped in, she heard you. Yeah. You don't have to text her back. Yeah. Um, yeah, it sucks. Yeah, I, I know. I mean, it's been a lot of time talking to Parker about it yesterday. and He's really broken. Yeah, he's taking it personally. And like Matt said, they're thinking about taking everything in it internally. Reducing. I think they're going to take everything in-house. Yeah. Reduce, uh, reduce trusted third parties. Um, be aware. Be aware. If you're going to have a data leak. I believe they, they are suing the company. Yes. But I'm not sure if we were supposed to talk about that. But I just did. Because <laughs> uh, the, the question. Car put up. Up a, yeah. Carr put up a question saying, or statement saying that they should be sued from a freak. Yeah, the way they did get it. I mean, the, the fact that you allowed somebody to enter a, a customer representative chat room on your website and have them make you an admin without any verification is pretty 
ridiculously incompetent. And it was a fake email too. It was like an at unchained yeah, email. It wasn't it was even fake. a real one. They tried to like a guess a real unchained email and it wasn't even a real unchained email. But once again, I don't want this this is not uh trying to reduce the blame on Unchained. They are ultimately responsible for it. And I think they accept that too. Their post was very uh, was not filled with excuses, it was very transparent. Yeah. Um extreme ownership. Yeah. I think they're they're exemplifying that. Disclaimer, Unchained is a sponsor of this podcast and the Bitcoin Commons. We're literally broadcasting from their offices. This is Bitcoin Commons, okay? We pay for this. This is our office. <laughs> this is our office, okay? Okay, okay. So walk outside, turn left, <laughs> Unchained's office. Yes, right they're, down the, they're down the hall, okay? Okay, okay. <laughs> um, all right, should we go to Wasabi? What the hell's going on? Yeah. <laughs> What the hell is going on with Wasabi? Oh my God. Talk of fucking state of affairs, man. So there, for any of you freaks who are unaware, Wasabi Wallet has preemptively um, decided to surveil their users entering CoinJoin, uh, entering through their coordinator. They're going to use chain surveillance tools to make sure that UTXOs aren't quote unquote tainted. What is this link you're showing, Carr? It's like he's just got like a random Wasabi website about surveillance video. That's not the right website. <laughs> Wasabi Wallet, the CoinJoin software implementation. Um, the company that runs, like maintains it. Uh, Wasabi is a free and open source project, but the company that maintains it, ZK Snacks, uh, and runs the main coordinator, the centralized coordinator that coordinates all the rounds, um, has always been compliance friendly for a privacy company. They have very restrictive terms of service from the very beginning. Yep. Um, and now it appears they're preemptively complying with potential regulation that hasn't actually passed um, to blacklist UTXOs. And they're actually going to fund, they're, they're going to pay chain surveillance companies to, so the way these centralized coordinators are set up, whether that's the main Wasabi default coordinator or Chaincase, which is an alternative uh, Wasabi coordinator run by the Chaincase team that has like an iOS version of Wasabi um, or Samurai Whirlpool is that they're blinded from knowing uh, which, which input connects to which output in a coin joint. But what they do know is they obviously know the inputs that are coming in, like which UTXOs are flowing into the coin joint rounds. Um, and Wasabi has decided that they're going to block certain UTXOs from going into their coin join rounds that they deem illegal or sketchy. Um, and to do that, they will be paying a chain surveillance firm to actively spy on users uh, and determine which UTXOs are good or bad, um, which is fucking horrible. <laughs> Uh, and they're going to be blocking those UTXOs from entering. And presumably, obviously, they will be, uh, those chain surveillance companies are constantly sharing uh, sharing info, you know, with other KYC exchanges. They're collecting all this data. Um, so literally, you will, if you're using Wasabi going forward, your coin join fees will be going to pay the enemy of privacy and freedom. That is chain surveillance companies, these mercenary companies that work with authoritarians, corporations, dictatorships. Um, and there's an argument to be made too, and this has been a topic of conversation uh, on Twitter and around the subject. Like, 
are the chain surveillance companies even that accurate? Like, could they be mislabeling a UTXO as something that should be blacklisted? Yeah, I mean, look, so the way chain surveillance works is it's all a probability game. So like Marty can keep sending Bitcoin to himself because that's how Bitcoin works, right? You can keep generating new addresses and sending to yourself. What chain surveillance attempts to do is assign a probability to each transaction of whether or not Marty actually sent it to someone else rather than himself. So it's a probability of ownership changing hands and then trying to determine who that new owner is, um, mostly through external data, stuff like KYC data, purchase history, heuristics in terms of like time of day, the transactions are being sent out, maybe IP addresses that are linked to broadcasting, heuristics like uh, which wallet is sending the transactions. Um, so it's all a probability game and they do tend to side on the more Bitcoin or bad Bitcoin, mm-hmm. right? Like the, the, those no, the, error on the side of caution is what they'd say with the opposite. Of, really, it's the error on the side of, of yeah. non-freedom. Yes. Um, and this legitimizes them. And I just like, so there was a big case. Um, so, so ZK snacks makes all their money. I guess the majority of their money. I don't know if they have another revenue stream through these coin join fees, right? So if you use Wasabi, you're paying them coin join fees. Uh, I don't understand. Even if even if they had, even if there was a regulation, which we don't know about regulation. First of all, Wasabi has released vague tweets. Um, we have you know Telegram chat messages. No proper statement has been released. You had the, we have no idea. You had one of, of the lead devs leave and discuss. The or, guy who built Wasabi 2.0 from the ground up, this guy's fucking extremely intelligent, nothing much, left Wasabi, said he was very upset with the company. And he said he wrote a resignation letter that no para, the founder of Wasabi, didn't even read. Um, so they're like going back and forth. But besides that point, Shut down the fucking coordinator. Like Wasabi is a free and open yeah. source project. Anyone can run a coordinator. If you're going to comply and, and validate chain surveillance existence and pay a chain surveillance company, shut down the fucking company instead. Wasabi can still exist as a free and open source project that anyone can take over the lead on that isn't fully cucked. And if you actually care about your users, if you actually care about privacy, that's the way forward. And there's there's precedent here because there was that there was that email provider, LavaBit, mm-hmm. um, that got pressured by the government. It was encrypted email and they got pressured by the government to put in a back door. And the founder was like, no, fuck that. I'm just shutting down the company because I actually care about users and I care about privacy. And it comes down to principles. It really does come down to principles. What do you stand for? Um, and it's just an absolute fucking shame to see this fucking go down. Like I just... It's disgraceful. It is It is absolutely disgraceful. And as someone who I have, yes, I've been very critical of Wasabi um, for the last few years. But before that, I was a heavy Wasabi user. I paid them a lot in CoinJoin fees. I gave them a lot of feedback. I shilled it very often on the podcast. We had Wasabi Wednesday at one point. Yeah, I'm personally, I'm personally hurt by this. Yeah. You know, I, it is, it is it, fucking horrible. Yeah. And if you are a Wasabi user, don't necessarily freak out. First of all, this is specifically the coin join part portion. So if you're using Wasabi with like your cold card or hardware wallet or something, that is unrelated. Um, if you're using CoinJoin, CoinJoins are are still are effective. Use Samurai, use Sparrow, use Join Market. Just avoid Wasabi CoinJoin. 
going forward. That is the actionable advice uh, in terms of that. Yes. I mean, I would just like to echo your sentiment around integrity. It is like, especially considering what we're trying to do here with Bitcoin, I think being integral and having integrity is extremely important in this space. And that move <laughs> was extremely disappointing to see. And again, similar to the conversation we had around the trucker convoy fundraise, like this highlights yet another reason, like Matt said, the coordinator's open source, the, the project's open source, and Samurai probably has done this much better than other uh, coin join implementations. They have a bunch of NIMS that have basically launched their coordinator and makes it harder to attack them. Uh, and maybe that's what Wasabi should have done is, all right, we're shutting down the coordinator and quietly come back as NIMS months later. Yeah, I mean, like let's that. be clear here. Uh, the centralized coordinator makes the UX easier. It makes it everything more efficient. Um, it makes uh, on-demand coin join much uh, more effective, especially for mobile. Um, these are the advantages you get from a centralized coordinator. It also funds development because uh, the coordinator is getting paid a portion of the coin join fees. Uh, it makes Sybil, resistant, Sybil resistance very easy, which is this idea of a um, an attacker flooding rounds with their Bitcoin to figure out process of elimination. Pretending to be multiple people, but they're one person and then they can... Right. It allows, it allows uh, structured liquidity. This idea that a coordinator can basically make sure that there's no address reuse happening, can make sure that there's incentives set up. So you have, uh, if one person comes in, they pay... They, they are, they're UTXOs. If all the UTXOs they bring in at the same time get spread out across rounds and rather than being in the same round. Um, but the trade-off is it's a central point of attack. Uh, so Samurai can still be attacked in this way, like a regulatory way. Mm-hmm. Um, they are a company, you know, it, they can be attacked in the same way. It's important to realize that it appears that Wasabi has not been attacked through regulations. They were over-complying ahead of time. That's my understanding right now. But ultimately, you have something like Join Market, which is on the opposite side of that trade-off balance. Doesn't have a centralized coordinator. You know, the UX isn't as easy. Yeah. Uh, you you know, you can't use it for a mobile. To basically, the coordinator in those, you have the maker-taker model, right? So you have uh, makers who post offers that you can coin join with them and the taker is the coordinator in that. So it's a P2P process, much more censorship resistant. Um, so it's, it's all about options, different trade-off balances. Uh, but it's just a real, real fucking shame to see what, what Wasabi's doing. It just do, does not make sense. It doesn't, which leads me again, makes the mind wander. Why were they preemptively doing this? What do they know? Was it you can't be that incompetent. Like it's such an obvious, terrible move from an optics perspective. I think they want to be like the compliant coin join, which is bullshit. You can't be like a it's an oxymoron privacy tool. Isn't that an oxymoron? Like where do they draw the line? Like what kind of UTXOs get banned from from using it? Yeah, exactly. Like do they ban Whirlpool UTXOs? Do they ban Join Market UTXOs? Like what is? Uh, it's just I don't know. It is. Um, what? What? An absolute shame. I mean, I, there's not not much more I can say besides it being a fucking. Well, a lot of people were calling it a legitimate attack on Bitcoin's fungibility. No, no, Para said that. 
after he fucking irresponsibly m- multiple times said like privacy on Bitcoin has been fixed because of Wasabi. And then he like shoots himself in the foot and he's like, oh, Bitcoin failed. You know, like, no, Wasabi failed. Fucker. ZK, ZK Snacks <laughs> failed. Uh, their users. Um, I really didn't appreciate that he, he was like, this is attack on CoinJoin. This is a... Uh, and like the other thing is, so like join market is P2P. Samurai also has P2P coin joins in Stonewall and Stowaway. Stowaway. So you yeah. could actually not use their centralized coordinated whirlpool rounds. We could do one. You can just do it. It's all, it all goes P2P through Tor um, with your, with your pay name. And you can do a two person coin join. You can do a two person pay join um, where one of us pays the other person, but we both give inputs instead of one person only being inputs. You can do a fake two person coin join that looks like a two-person coin join. You can't tell the difference mm-hmm. uh, just with yourself. You can use that by itself or you can actually do Whirlpool and then use the two-person coin joins when you actually spend. Yeah. Um, and these are just all different options that you have available to you. And it's good that Bitcoiners have options, but uh, I don't know if there's really a market for a compliant coin join implementation. But, you know, maybe there's a bunch of well people out there that will... Pay for it. It's like we need to normalize like PDEP, I think, more. Not normalize, but just what, push pay it join. More. Yeah, pay join. Like pen like when you go to a merchant. I mean the big hurdle is obviously to do P to E P for a merchant perspective. I don't think you, it's have, gonna happen. you have a hot wallet. So I I mean I like I like the 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 P2P's samurai attempt rather than doing the merchant attempt. The 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 one thing about the merchant attempt is uh so the receiver needs to be online. So let's describe the mechanics of a pay to, to endpoint. So the merchant has to be on the receiver has to be online, unlike a normal Bitcoin transaction where the receiver doesn't have to be online. And what happens is the receiver's online. Uh, if instead of Marty sending a UTXO to me and getting change back, I, if Marty's sending me a transaction, I give him an input, he has an input, and then we both get change back. So on, on, on chain, it doesn't, you can't tell how much the payment was for, um, and you can't tell like who was the sender in all things equal. Like there's obviously some heuristics. You can fuck certain things up. If KYC data is mixed in there, um, you can figure it out. But it looks like you can't you in a lot of situations you can't tell it's a it's a two person transaction either. It looks like maybe Marty's just putting in two inputs uh, because that happens sometimes. Like if, if Marty's trying to pay me a million sats and he has a five hundred thousand sat uh, UTXO and he has an eight hundred thousand sat UTXO, he needs to put two inputs in that transaction to pay me if that's a normal transaction. So so when you use PayJoin, it could it could look like that and and the assumption. All of a sudden, those probability analysis that chain surveillance companies are doing, the assumption, their probabilities go down. They never really know. If enough people use it at scale, they never know. Right now, they just assume all inputs belong to the sender. But if enough people use PayJoin, they can't make that assumption anymore. Now, the reason I say I don't know if it could ever really work at scale, like if, if there's the if there's actually momentum for it to happen in that merchant pay situation is because it's just really split. A lot of people are paying with lightning. Yeah. Um, and I mean, lightning gives you some, gives you, gives you pretty good privacy as a sender. So like people that care about 
privacy while paying will probably tend to use lightning mm -hmm. and then and then the people that are paying on chain will probably just be using the most naive method possible. And we've already seen that because BTC Pay launched this support, what, like a year ago or something? Mm -hmm. Very few people are using it. Yeah. Like we have it available on, on our BTC Pay. Yeah. Very, it's very rarely used. Yes. But so I just feel like that's like a, I don't, I don't know if that's, yeah. Pipe dream. Yeah. It doesn't really seem practical. <sighs> Yeah, this is uh, probably one of the biggest problems that Bitcoin, Bitcoiners need to solve. How do we get better privacy? I mean, is it has it gotten better? Is this a step back? And I will I will say that uh, I have a lot of respect for people that run centralized coordinators uh, and privacy companies uh, publicly. Mm -hmm. uh, because there must be a shit ton of pressure on them. I, uh, I know, like, I just talk about privacy and I feel the pressure. Like, I would never fucking publicly run a centralized coordinator. Um, but if you're going to fucking do it, like, have some principles and yeah. care about your users. Uh, I don't think, I, I think this is a step back for Wasabi. I don't think this changes anything in terms of the Bitcoin privacy situation. I still think the Bitcoin privacy situation can be improved tremendously. Um, I think we're a long way from where we were two years ago. If we want to go back to that two-year time scale, mm -hmm. um, I join market is is uh, has since added fidelity bonds to reduce civil uh, risk. Um, Samurai stack has gotten significantly better. Now you can get a Ronin Dojo. You can get a plug and play if you don't if you don't if you don't want to run it yourself if you don't want to set it up yourself or you can build one yourself. So you have a full node stack, then you connect it to, to your phone. Sparrow is fucking awesome, which just works with straight Electrum on your desktop. Um, Matt needs to make a cold card video for Sparrow, says Buff Dog. Yes, I have to. I will. D-O-double-G. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, I think, I think, oh, and the other thing with Join Market is, you know, we have this bounty out for an easy web UI for Join Market for these Full node boxes, whether that's like an Umbral or a Raspi Blitz or um, a Noddle, and it's completely open source. Uh, Dergigi and Dennis Reinman and a bunch of other guys are working on that right now. The bounty is pretty high. Uh, that's with HRF. Uh, it is an alpha right now. It uses ClearNet. Like no one should really use it with any kind of real money or any kind of adversarial environment. Like test it very, very carefully if you're going to test it. Um, but progress is being made, and I. And one more thing is, something that we've we've harped on a lot on this show because I I knew it was going to happen, is this is this uh, conflation with mixing and coin join, and all the news articles that were released like the block crypto released like this horrible article where it's like Bitcoin privacy service coin join mixing like gets hit with like regulate it was like a horrible fucking article what's the difference what's the difference the difference is mixing to me is these custodial mixers you send a service bitcoin and they send you back someone else's bitcoin now custodial mixers have precedent that they're illegal to run them uh now i've never seen any users of custodial mixers get hit 
But we've seen operators of custodial mixers mm-hmm. get hit. Famously, the most recent one was the operator of Helix, which was also the founder of Dropbit, who got arrested by the feds. Now, CoinJoin is a collaborative Bitcoin send transaction. No one is getting, uh, no one is taking custody of your coins. You are just, you are simply sending a Bitcoin transaction in a self-custody way with other Bitcoiners at the same time to break probability analysis. You're not getting someone else's Bitcoin. New UTXOs are getting generated on the other side with shared history that breaks the probability analysis. It's a Bitcoin send transaction. Um, these coordinator services are essentially sending messages back and forth. They're just sending, they're just sending hey, text back. We have forth. room. They're not taking custody of Bitcoin. We have input room in this transaction. Do you want to join? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's important distinction. It is. Because with the centralized mixers, you send, you just send it. Well, these are still centralized, but custodial with custodial mixing, you're just sending, I'm sending them yes. Bitcoin. They're sending me like Marty's Bitcoin or someone else's Bitcoin. Yes. Where you're initiating a transaction. Yeah. And there's custodial risks there where they can actually steal your Bitcoin too. Yes. And you have full trust in them because they're not blinded to what is happening. So if the custodial, if the custodial mixer uh, wants to, they know exactly, you know, where your Bitcoin went next, like which Bitcoin you got, and they can actually, you know, track you through that that mix. Yes. Um, and then one last thing uh, that I forgot to mention as a trade-off of uh, these centralized coordinators is you don't get, it's important to realize you do not get civil resistance. That idea that flooding the round to, to find out uh, to process of elimination track your Bitcoin, you don't get civil resistance from the coordinator because the main civil resistance in a low fee environment, which is what we have where the transaction fees are really low, is the coin join fee. And that coin join fee gets paid to the coordinator. So a coordinator can flood their own rounds. Um, They can flood their own rounds. And as a result, it only costs them the transaction fee. Uh, In Wasabi's incentive model, Wasabi actually gets paid more if they do that because Wasabi users pay per perceived and onset. Mm-hmm. Um, so the more UTXOs in a transaction, the more you pay uh, for that coin join. Uh, Samurai has a fixed fee, so they can still Sybil at low cost, but they don't get paid more if they Sybil. So the incentive is not as strong there. <sighs> Glad we got that all out. The coin join flame wars. This no, it's is not, not even. It's war. not even part flame war. The coin join flame war. Yeah, it's not flame war. Samurai is rubbing. It's it demeaning. Up. I'm sorry. It is demeaning. Samurai proves to be a better product in this in this particular realm right now. I, I mean, it should be interesting to see if someone else launches. I know there's some rumblings that other people are going to launch Wasabi coordinators. I don't know what this means for Wasabi 2.0, which yeah, exactly. is being tested right now. Did they even launch that? It's not great that nothing much dropped. It's in testing, testnet right now. Mm-hmm. It's not It's not great that uh, the lead architect, nothing much has, you know, seems to le- leaving on bad terms is not good. Because, uh, you know, it's really hard to understand how they're doing Wasabi 2.0. And like, he was like one of maybe like four people in the world that kind of understood how it was working. Um so it's yet to be seen how that, what's going to happen there. It, it makes me feel way uh, more cautious about trusting it in any kind of reasonable way. Definitely not with their coordinator, but even with someone else's coordinator. 
Um, and one more thing before we change the subject here. Um, fuck, I just forgot it. Yeah, you distracted me a little bit. Sorry. Sorry, I was trying to... What were you talking about Wasabi 2.0? You don't trust it. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, th so there's been this case where there's asymmetric address reuse or symmetric address reuse where the same address is on the input side as on the output side on Wasabi. And obviously that doesn't help anyone's a non-set if you're using the same address on the input and address on the output side. And for the actual user, it can completely fuck you. Mm -hmm. um, we saw that when the Wasabi demixing was that an address on the output side was the same as an address on the input side. One of the benefits of a centralized coordinator is they can actually prevent that from happening. They can see that the address has been reused and been like, no, nah, you can't do this coin join. Now, Samurai's coordinator prevents that. Wasabi has said for the longest time they're like, you know, they they can't do that, but they can put chain surveillance in the front and block UTXOs. Like they can clearly stop address reuse. And it's still supposedly happening, from my understanding, it's still supposedly happening in Wasabi 2.0. So it's like, I I don't know. It's just it's just frustrating. The whole thing's very frustrating. It's just one of the fallen shoulder or one of the companies that fails in the early days of, of Bitcoin. People try it. Thrust chain surveillance on your users. <laughs> it's probably not going to work out in the long run. So, if you're interested in the Wasabi specifics more, I had no power on the show in March 2021, a year ago, uh, on Sill Dispatch. If you go to silldispatch.com/cd15, go check that out. I mean, in that 10 minute clip that you posted, how bad is that? It's so bad. He doesn't even. It seems like he doesn't even understand. I think he was just playing dumb on that. You think so? He's got to understand it. It's key. Well, Maybe he doesn't. I don't know which one's worse. I think. Hey, maybe that was a very. I had open arms on with me. Maybe he just truly doesn't understand it. Maybe. Well, if you're still considering using Wasabi, go listen to that. If you're not, you don't have to waste your time. Yeah, I mean that ten minute clip alone is probably all you <laughs> so need bad. to hear. Um, all right, on to another more interesting topic, or not more interesting, but a very interesting topic, which is. Arthur Hayes's it's a great article blog essay. He, he calls it an essay that he dropped last night. Uh, energy canceled, similar to my belief that we will look back at the, the last week of February 2022 yep. as the end of the dollar, the petrodollar system, as the reserve currency of the world. Uh, Arthur, the date the sanctions went into place. Yes. February, he, he pinpoint, I said that week, he, Arthur pinpoints a day, February 26, 2022. Uh, and he basically has a long essay, 25 minute read about, uh, what he believes is going to happen. Talking a lot about energy, which has been a, a very, uh, reoccur, it's been a reoccurring topic on this podcast for the last few weeks. As, as I mean, we even talked about it. We talked about it on rabbit hole recap the week before it even happened. Yeah. Like uh, the, the week before that week, we were saying, if the U.S. does this, it'll be the end of the U.S. dollar. Yes, and they did it. And it's the end of the U.S. dollar. Interestingly enough, in this article, Arthur believes that both Bitcoin and gold are going to uh, massively benefit from this. He's calling for $10,000 gold and a million dollar Bitcoin. And what I found interesting... It's only a 5X on gold. Yeah. And a... Uh, 
A lot of X on Bitcoin. 20X on Bitcoin. <laughs> a, l- a lot of X. Yeah, well, a little bit more than 20 Live rabbit hole recap math. It's a lot <laughs> But he thinks gold's going to be the next reserve currency. We're going to revert to a gold standard. Um, I was talking to Marty earlier that like my worst case scenario is that we're right about everything. Uh, but gold becomes the world reserve currency. Bitcoin fails and... Uh, I just don't have I don't have much gold. I have like no gold. I've got this wedding ring uh, from Mene. Is yeah, all my gold is just uh, my wife's Mene jewelry. Yeah, jewelry. Um, the only, that's the only gold I have. But this is, uh, I mean, shout out to Arthur Hayes. He, whenever he puts out a post, it's never a boring read. It's always very insightful and very original. I mean, but we have been talking about a lot of these topics, energy is a very important part of the world. It is what people fight over. And the the fact that, I mean, we didn't even have this on the list, but you, you had, since the last episode last week, 190, we've, we've had Saudi Arabia <laughs> engage in discussions publicly with China to begin pricing their oil deals in Yuan. They'll accept Yuan for oil which again is a not what you want to see. You have President Xi <laughs> uh, flying over to Saudi Arabia to meet with um, the royal prince. And I don't care what shit when they price it in. Neither do I. Well, then, and that's that's what's, that's what's going to be very interesting over the next decade. So I, I said this with, I think it might have been Rodolfo, I forget who, um, earlier this week, but I think what we're going to see is... You're going to have just like a complete shattering of this petrodollar system. And uh, I think we're going to see like a create, like you're going to have yuan oil contracts, you're going to have ruble oil contracts, you're going to have rupee oil contracts. And I don't think a lot of chaos. A lot of chaos. I don't think financial markets and turmoil, macro headwinds, everything going crazy. And, and and Arthur made an interesting point. I think he said inside money and outside money. And inside money is all that. Bullshit, derivatives, fiat currencies, and then outside money is stuff that is external and has inherent value that is not connected to those things. And that, that he says, is gold and Bitcoin. I would say, I mean, the transition will probably start with gold, uh, but ultimately gold is a shitcoin compared to Bitcoin. Yeah. yeah. Gold will, well, I mean, we'll just relearn the lessons that we learned a century ago with gold. Is that it's just annoying to use? Yeah. It's, it's annoying to use. It's already extremely centralized you can't like easily custody it you can't send it around the world you can't easily sell it it's a pain in the ass to fucking sell physical gold it's a pain in the ass to fucking move it around store it securely verify that it is actually gold i will say that marty's uh marty's gold bug uh birdie tweet uh it remains a top tick gold is only dumped since you tweeted that out marty and maybe Maybe I scared, maybe I scared the government to print so much money that they were just like, we're, "This is not going to happen." Marty bent moving markets down. <laughs> the uh, no, yeah, but I think we both agree that gold is far inferior in terms of a what we would believe to be a, a suitable reserve currency when compared to Bitcoin. I mean, that's the beauty of Bitcoin. People call it digital gold. I think Bitcoin is much more than digital gold. But if you want to compare it to gold specifically, it's scarcer. More divisible, easier to transfer, transfer, extremely easy to verify. If you're running a full node, it's it's superior in every regard. 
Um, obviously, there's a lot of people who can't get over. It's the way f- more than digital gold. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but people can't, for some reason, people can't get over the fact that Bitcoin isn't physical, and they have this uh, crux that they can't get over. Like, no, I, I like the physical gold more than the digital Bitcoin, and that's probably because they don't understand. Uh, the proof of work consensus mechanism with the difficulty adjustment, which when you do, it's like, oh, don't really need this to be physical at all. However, I do believe that misunderstanding or complete lack of understanding that exists will push a lot of these large actors toward gold in the coming decade. A lot of them also already have a lot of gold. So like their bags will dictate their decision short term. Yes. So that's, and that's, so that's the other thing too. Like, I've been saying this this week is the U.S. actually has a golden opportunity here, pun intended. <laughs> uh, so you have like Russia, China, the Saudis, a dad. Indians, uh, the Indian getting together and be like, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna transition away from the dollar," uh, and I bet they're gonna try and do their own gold-backed currencies of gold-backed yuan, gold-backed rubles, gold-backed rupees. All of that, that's and what they did in mandibles. Yes, and so like that's 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 still the same system, even though it may be better in their eyes than the dollar system that has been completely murdered over the course of the last month. It's still those are still centralized. It's a trusted system. centralized system. Yeah, that mm-hmm. is gonna when you have centralized systems, they inherently get corrupted. They are not fair systems. Uh, yeah, and they will be corrupted over time and they require trust. Agreed. And again, that presents the the opportunity for the United States is because I don't think anybody's going to be able to trust the US being like, all right, we'll go to a gold standard. We'll be fair. Everybody's going to be like, no, you just had your chance. You fucked it up. And so you front run all the people who are inevitably going to fail with their centralized gold-backed currencies. You say, all right, you know what? We're actually going to adopt the, the distributed peer-to-peer digital cash system known as Bitcoin. We th- actually think it's fair. <laughs> that's uh, it's funny because you, you, you've had this unfair monetary system, and that, the game theoretical trump card move that the U.S. should make right now is we're going to go Bitcoin. We're we're going to go like free monetary system, free money. Uh, we don't we don't really like centralized monetary systems now that ours has died. So that is what the U.S. should do. Not gonna Will happen. the government do it? No, but. And I've been thinking through this more this week, and I'm, and again, obviously, big in the mining, big in the mining and energy, and I'm, I've, I'm becoming more and more convinced by the day that we don't even need the government's permission to do this. We just got to get the energy companies. So people yelled at me like, "Why do you have Orange Man?" It's like I, I looked for Trump card, like and it was just funny, like like trying to make a political statement with this. Uh, cars pulling up to bent from earlier this week. Uh, energy producers can lead to the transition to a Bitcoin standard. I don't think we need the government to make the decision. If we, we don't have, need them and they're not going to do it anyway. No, they're not. And so I think recognizing that they're not going to do it, that's why as Bitcoiners, and that's why I'm very excited for this conference in Houston at the end of the month with the oil and gas and energy industry at large. Um, we've got Andrew Myers from Satoshi Energy here today. I think we, what we should really be doing is just focusing on getting energy producers across all the different fuel sources aligned with Bitcoin and integrating Bitcoin into their operations. And luckily for us, it, it is actually a no-brainer. Bitcoin bolsters their operations, bolsters their balance sheets, and actually makes a lot of sense to integrate. And so 
while many people in the Bitcoin world are focused on getting politicians to like Bitcoin and talk good about it and make laws about it, I think we can ignore them, go to the energy companies. Energy is the basis of our society. Without that, we don't have the ability to run our economy. You get them so aligned with Bitcoin and get them to have so much skin in the game that the government will be unable to to tell them like you can't do this they're gonna be like no like this is essential to our businesses and our businesses are essential to your economy so, so yeah. what do you want to do here so i mean another thing that arthur mentioned uh which i agree with first of all everyone should go read this post it's one of the probably the most important posts of the year of the year um he mentions this idea of chaos like it is going to be very chaotic financial markets are going to be chaotic the world is going to be chaotic the state will be in a failed state type of situation. Um, he specifically says, protect your family, be able to wait out these times. Like Bitcoin will not necessarily stop this chaos. What it will hopefully do will minimize the chaos. If you survive the chaos, you can come out the other side more stable and secure. Um, so I think it, it very much lines up with my my thesis right now of planning through this, which is guns land and Bitcoin. Um, I will say that a failed state type of situation or a failing state type of situation where other countries are demanding debt paid uh, in hard money and goods paid for with hard money rather than USD is a situation where we enter a hyperinflation type of period, uh, is a situation where our own government will start trying to seize gold, will start trying to seize Bitcoin. Um, so this is something that people should be aware of. Uh, you will see stuff like the executive order 6102, which was uh, FDR, I believe, passed it to seize gold, um, paper gold, ETF, paper gold, uh, Bitcoin ETFs, all can just be seized with a button press, um, paper Bitcoin, paper gold, custodial Bitcoin. Be careful out there, freaks. Yeah, It's going to be... Uh, it's a wild fucking ride. State is failing you and they're going to try and take your shit. You turn around, you give them the finger and tell them you're, you've only made things very bad. We're, we don't need you anymore. It's going to happen. And it's not just the state taking your shit, uh, which is, let's be honest, you know, impractical. If, if, if our own government wants to fuck us, they have the means to fuck us. In a lot of ways, it's impractical to protect against that. It's also protecting yourself in a chaotic situation where the state is failing um, and being prepared for that because that's when, you know, your fellow citizens, the fellow people, your neighbors and stuff start coming for your shit. Uh, that can be protected against in a more accessible way. Uh, more realistic way. And that's the kind of situation that people should be preparing for. And if we're wrong, then great. Then you were prepared and, you know, you took a little bit more time. You took a little bit more effort to be prepared for that situation. You know, hope for the best, prepare for the worst. That's what I'm trying to say, I guess. Yeah, but you're beginning to see signs of this shit, particularly with gas prices. So there's two gas-related things that I saw earlier this week that really fucking creeped me out first was i believe like sunday of this week i saw a video of a man in los angeles who was crying his eyes out and basically screaming at joe biden saying i didn't eat today joe i didn't eat today joe you want to know i didn't eat because i couldn't afford gas 
fill my car up to get to my job. So you have where I get paid and then I can buy money. Like, so you have this situation where people are literally being pushed to a point where they can't, they literally cannot afford to work to put food on their plates. And that's when people start to get desperate. And uh, I mean, you're, you're, yes, one anecdote, one video, but I, I imagine there's, there's more individuals like this gentleman out there in the US and across the world. Second one, same vein, truck driver who had a refrigerated uh, load carrying milk. He went to fill up his tank. It cost him like $1,100. And, he's, and he said a video like, I don't think you guys understand. Like, this is not economical. What happens when prices go up three more dollars? Maybe they double again. And this becomes like a $2,200 tank fill. Like the shit is not going to make it to market is what he said. So we, we were very, very precarious situation. I would argue our government has led us here. This is a direct result of ill-informed and terrible policy from, from the federal government over the course of many decades, whether it be monetary policy, energy policy, or trade policy on an international um, level. We, we truly need to ignore the federal government or need to get the message out there. The federal government is not your friend. They're making your life materially worse off. And, and like the more people who understand this and the quicker they understand this, the, the faster we'll be able to rip the bandaid off and, and ride through the chaos phase and actually begin to rebuild society in, in a more stable fashion. Like we were we were having this discussion this morning too at breakfast. It's like it's hilarious how all these policies that are portrayed as progressive wind up being regressive in terms of they affect the poor people the most. Energy policy being the most obvious example of this. You um, you don't allow people to to drill for oil and gas. You shut down nuclear power plants, saying that you're saving the environment and 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 helping people's long-term health, but what that really does is raise energy prices, which affects the poor the most and puts them in a position where they can't get to work and then start feeding each other, feeding themselves, excuse me. Um, we had another example of it as well. The other interesting thing that I thought happened this week, uh, so our supply chains have already been strained because of uh, the lockdown policies that we had over the last two years. Um then they were additionally strained because of the actions we've taken against Russia um, in terms of trying to cut them off from the whole financial system uh, and cut them off out of the global trade network. And now, it, to me, my take here is that China has noticed an opportunity and they're pretending COVID spreading yeah. to shut down Shenzhen. Shenzhen shut down right the, now. Literally the manufacturing epicenter of the world Uh is currently shut down because they said COVID, which is just a very convenient, I think that's a very convenient excuse um, to basically like try and shock the system a little bit more. They like see that we're in a weak position, just fucking like poke it a little bit fucking more. Yeah, the US is in a very weak and wounded position right now. I mean, you, you had that happen. This hasn't been talked about that much, but did you, like Iran bombed the U.S. consulate in Iraq earlier this week? Yeah, I believe so. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, so they see that we're and wounded, herbal, distracted. Right? It was herbal. Spread herbal? Herbal. 
Erbil? Oh, how do you pronounce it? Erbil or Erbil, I think. I'm not <laughs> it's sure. It's E-R-B-I-L in Iraq. I thought it was I-R-B-I-L. No, it might be Erbil. I think right. it's E. Um, however, yeah, Iran felt that we were distracted, spread thin enough to bomb the U.S. consulate Well, I think they Iraq. said it was like not their government who did it. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, people, people are noticing... It was insurgent forces in Iran. Then on top of this, top of all this, you have like Joe Biden losing his mind in front of the whole world. He literally can't speak, doesn't make any sense. Nancy Pelosi, the same exact thing. Like, did you see that speech she gave earlier this week? Like talking about... You see the picture of her and JFK when she was younger? (laughs) Yeah. At at JFK's inauguration. Um, It's been around for a while. I mean, again, these these are our leaders in the federal government and they are making us look terrible. They put us in a very weak position and they are not the individuals who are going to lead us out of this mess. You Broken incentives. Very broken incentives. Most of this can go back to broken incentives. Yes. Which is why like the beautiful incentives of Bitcoin, the rough incentives of Bitcoin cannot be understated in their importance. It's really fucking cool. Yeah. And, and it, powerful. Maybe, maybe the only incentive system baked into the American... Political structure is states' rights. Again, we've been saying this for quite some time over the last year on this show. Like states asserting their autonomy and beginning to ignore the federal government is a very encouraging trend to see. Again, I think that's only going to accelerate. I think it should accelerate. I think these states need to be more bold, like them or love them, or love them or hate them, excuse me. I think Ron DeSantis is, is, may not agree with you may you don't have to agree with all of his policies you don't have to agree with everything he says but i think we can all agree that he is leading the way in terms of having the courage to ignore the federal government and basically say all right we're a state we're autonomous we're going to do what we want please leave us alone i think we need more of that again you don't have to agree with his policies but the fact that he is doing this and in the showing that you can do it because it technically is allowed in the, the republic that we've set up here in the United States. Hopefully it emboldens other governors to d- begin doing the same and making bold moves based off of what they and their constituents believe is right for them. Democracy fail. Thanks for, yeah, democracy equals fail. Hi, Pat Calamone, I say. Moving to Austin, May 1st. It's such a funny thing when... Uh... Car just like puts like a comment on the screen and then like me or Marty just like reads it without reading the name of the person. Like it's just, we can't help ourselves. Like you just like, you were just like talking and then you're just like democracy equals fail. You're just, like, <laughs> it's uh, what is a uh, anchorman or whatever. Yeah. Put anything on the teleprompter. <laughs> I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. San Diego. <laughs> um, yeah. Go shake your neighbor's hand. Go shake your rancher's hand. Hit the gun range. But again, I do think we can expedite the chaos and get to a more stable situation. Yeah, expedite. Shorten the chaos. Yes. Expedite the chaos means like, yeah, I don't know. Oh, the chaos is here. Expedite the journey through the chaos. Shorten Uh, it, lessen the extent of it. Yes. Make it, you know, less painful for everybody. Yes. That should be the plan. Like, the chaos has to happen. Unfortunately... The chaos is upon us. There's too much. Yeah, the chaos is, but I would say it's going to get significantly more chaotic. Yes. God damn it. I mean, in a lot of ways, we might look back and be like, wow, that was not much chaos at that point. No. You know? No. We were sitting Those are the the normal calm times or whatever. Yes. 
We were stable times. Remember when we were able to go into the Bitcoin Commons in Austin, Texas? God damn it! Buy Bitcoin. Yeah, I mean, if if I'm if if what I expect is happening, like I do not, you know, I I we'll see. Yeah. Well, the Fed came out and wrote, raised rates by twenty five bips. So you said it wasn't going to happen, Marty. I didn't think it was going to happen. I I mean, this is exactly. Oh. A small, low, bullshit, negligible increase is exactly what I expected. Hey, Car, can you go to my uh, my account and pull up the not going to make a tweet I sent out last night, uh, which highlights the Fed funds rate, uh, comparing the the rate hikes that Volcker did in uh, the late 70s to, um, yeah, right there. I think Zender posted this. And uh, it's... Zoom in on that. It, it very much highlights just how ineffectual this 25 bip is going to be. So it's nothing. It's fucking <laughs> die inflation in the 80s. They were able to raise it up to 19%. And today we're at like 80 bips, if that. And Which is 0.8%. Yes. And there's no bips way. Bips are what the cool kids say. There's no way they're going to curb this inflation. When you combine the money printing, that has happened with the supply chain shocks that have happened and continue to happen. It's inevitable. And then you throw in Russia. I mean, the, the, again, you alluded to it earlier, Arthur describing in his letter, like, what you're going to find is when push comes to shove, the U.S. has had a lot of leverage due to the fact that it has run this hyper-financialized economy and the dollar is reserved reserve currency of the world, but again, it's a gradually and suddenly moment. We're, we're hitting the suddenly moment where it's like the dollars don't matter. It's the stuff that matters. You want the the precious metals, the industrial metals, the commodities, your, your wheat, your corn, your natural gas, your oil. That's what people want now. They don't give a fuck about the dollar or the financial financial financialized world that is built up around it at the end of the day people need to eat they need to put fuel in their cars they need to put fuel in their homes to heat their homes they don't they don't give a shit about treasuries or any of that and we've pissed off much of the world and now they're everybody's turning insular and beginning to embark on isolationist policies russia particularly is not going to be exporting any of their commodities to countries that have made it onto their shit list. And I don't think people realize they, they, uh, Rodolfo has been saying this all week in here. They produce 60% of the world's ammonium nitrate, which is one of the key ingredients to fertilizer, which is pretty important for food production around the world. We'll just switch to seed oils. <sighs> that's a, Yeah. I mean, that's, that's part of the chaos is you're going to be eating beyond meat. You're going to be eating lab meat because I can be able to grow shit. So hopefully there's ways to to mitigate that supply crunch, particularly ammonium nitrate. I mean, there's a bunch of talk of cow manure prices rising pretty significantly because uh, that, obviously that's the alternative to um, industrialized fertilizers is, is cow shit. So you need to figure out a way to... <laughs> they to, literally poop money. <laughs> it's... Uh, crazy times, crazy times. Let's focus on something good. That happened this week, which is uh, there's there was a Stratum V2 demo, testnet demo that was released yesterday. Um, 
And it's just inc uh, very encouraging to see. We've been talking about Stratum V2 since 2019. For any of you freaks who are unaware of what Stratum V2 is, it is a mining pool protocol that allows individual miners to communicate with pools so that they can share their their shares and, and get, uh, get distributed Satoshis um, based off the, the commensurate hash rate that they dedicate to a pool. Stratum is the popular, <clears throat> is Stratum V1 is the, is the standard. protocol, the standard protocol that miners are using and mining pools are using right now. It has been around for quite a while and is becoming very apparent that it's probably time to upgrade this mining pool protocol. And many people have been working on the, the upgrade to that, which is Stratum B2. And it has many benefits, uh, one of which it allows individual miners to actually construct a block. So right now, that's a very centralizing factor of mining pools is that individual miners contribute hash rate to a pool and the pool takes care of actually constructing the block and broadcasting it to the network. So while yes, you have many individual miners making up the hash rate in a pool, the, the pool to date has been constructing the block. So the pool decides what transactions go into a block and then get broadcast to the network. Stratum V2 would change that and it would allow individual miners to construct their own blocks. So it distributes that process more granularly, which is good to see on top of that. Uh, it creates efficiencies, data efficiency, and more data privacy. Importantly, the, the data that miners send uh, to pools will now be encrypted, and this helps prevent man-in-the-middle attacks, which actually is probably the number one reason why we should upgrade to Stratum V2 is as hash rate grows and it becomes more integrated with the energy sector and, and becomes like a large industrial uh, part of the world, the the, uh, the incentive to attack the mining industry and the infrastructure around it increases. And so even though man-in-the-middle attacks have not been very popular or frequent common, common to date, they, uh, the incentive to wage a man-in-the-middle attack is rising. And if you can implement a protocol that would prevent that from happening, it's probably advantageous for the network Just as hard a in whole. the protocol. Yeah. But the big thing for individual miners constructing blocks rather than the pool constructing blocks, individual miners using their own node and constructing the blocks themselves and choosing which transactions are in it uh, reduces that censorship risk that comes with pool mining. Now, I say reduces. Uh, first of all... They still have to broadcast at the end of the day. Yeah, the mining pool can reject it. Uh, the second thing is, um, we have like a kind of a rough check on that in that if the, mi if miners realize their pool is doing censorship that they disagree with, they can th then go and leave the pool. But that's like an after the fact type of thing. Um, the third thing is these mining pools are still custodial, right? They're holding your Bitcoin for you. Um, so there's that central point of failure where we could see, you know, them get hit with regulations. Um, and then the fourth thing is, I think it's an unsolved problem with Stratum V2, but there needs to be some rules in place, basically, to make sure that like a miner doesn't come in and just construct poorly payout blocks, right? Like blocks yeah, that are not including transactions or including low fee paying transactions is not as profitable. Yeah, how do you how do you ensure an individual miner will? Because you're socializing the profits among all the miners. Yes. So if, if a couple miners are intentionally sabotaging 
It doesn't, it doesn't even have to be else. intentional. It just could be incompetence yeah. too. Like they're not able to collect transactions with high fees, which miners want. Um, yeah, how do you how do you fine tune for that? I know that they've been working on. It. I think there's uh, that's something I actually have to ask somebody in the mine in the, the mining pool industry. I believe for this to actually go live, I mean, Brains has it. Um, Use their firmware if in their pool. Use the firmware in their pool. They they have it, so you get the benefits of the encrypted data. But I think you don't get the block instruction. You no. just get the other benefits of Stratum V two. Yes, and I think something. Like the last I checked, and I don't know if it has been merged or if it was merged with Tappers. There does need to be something soft fork into the protocol. I think it pertains to the payouts as well um, before it can go live at scale. Um, don't know what the status of that is, but uh, I do need to to check in with either the brains team or somebody else at the pool level who who has better insight onto that. Um, so if you want to learn about Stratum V2, Car's got the uh, the brains uh, blog post. With two eyes. Brains with two eyes. Brains. He's got their blog post up on the screen now, but Galaxy Digital wrote a, I believe, a 20-page research report really diving into the intricacies of Stratum V1 versus Stratum V2, why it's important, uh, and everything you need to know about Stratum V2 uh, and its status as of right now. Uh, if you want to read up on the history of Stratum V2's development, go to tftc.io slash tag slash Stratum dash V2. Um, we've, we've been covering it again since 2019, and it is good to see the progress is being made. So again, Car, if you can pull up the tweet below this, yeah, this, so, um, and I can't read his handle. Can you zoom in a bit? Ooh, excuse me, I just burped. Yeah, um, you have a tendency to do that. Right yeah. Yeah, so this uh, free, what is it? Free shit max? Free underscore shit underscore max Bitcoin terrorist <laughs> on, uh, on Twitter. I believe he's actually sponsored by Spiral B BTC. Um, he posted a, a live demo on Testnet of um, a Strata B2 pool spin up. Uh, and it seems to be working on Testnet at least. So. It's very encouraging to see that code is being written, it's being tested, and we're getting closer to having this deployed widely throughout the mining industry. Uh, and again, it's important. We'll help with privacy. We'll help prevent man-in-the-middle attacks. We'll help distribute block construction. Uh, it's a step in the right direction. And in the Galaxy research report, they really stress that it actually is very important that, that we get this upgrade through its time. Typically in Bitcoin, people are very cautious about any massive upgrades and and galaxy mining team thinks that uh, there's been enough research enough testing enough uh, understanding of, of the changes that that it would bring and it is time to upgrade the the mining pool protocol maybe we'll get somebody in the mining industry come give an update soon mining pool industry That'd look you're great. you're dirtying the bookshelf with topo chico sir. i think they look great this episode is brought to you by Topo Chico. <laughs> hey, Topo. It's not. If you're looking to sponsor, let us know. Marty's wife, I don't want to dox her name. He's drinking his second Topo Chico. No one likes to counter, but... Yeah, you're counting. I'm live, counting. Live on air. Honey, it's been a long week. You know that. My wife... I'm, I, I'm glad you're drinking with me, Marty. I appreciate it. Thank you. I need to give a, a special... I'm going to use this platform to give a special shout out to my wife. I love you, honey. 
You've been very patient this week. You're very pregnant. She's uh, great. There's been a lot of people in and out of the house this week and you've been uh, a trooper. So I want to thank you for that. I really do appreciate her. She's my favorite, Ben. Aww. Um, so another topic that I really wanted to talk about today was the was the UK has banned Bitcoin ATMs. Yeah, this is pretty they fucked up. They have forced closed a bunch of Bitcoin ATMs. What was their justification? Was- Apparently they were listening and they realized that you discovered the beauty of Bitcoin ATMs <laughs> and they banned all the Bitcoin ATMs <laughs> in the UK. Yeah. What was it? This was low. This is not like, e- oh, they left the EU. So no, it's UK. FCA, it's, the financial. They're the worst. They're the worst organization, the worst financial organization in terms of Bitcoin right now. What was their justification? Just lack of KYC. They said it's used, being used for bad things. Yeah. It's always the justification, Marty. What are you guys doing about Prince Andrew in the UK? <laughs> Wasn't he doing some bad things? You're going to kick out the Prince Andrews? You're going to ban the Prince Andrews in the UK? Huh? Priorities. You get, people just want access to freedom money. You got your, one of your princes running around dealing people. You should take care of that first. But this is, uh, I think, a perfect example of... You know, on-ramps will be cut off, especially on-ramps that give you decent privacy guarantees. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so so stack stack while you can. Stack early and often and get and it into ideally, your wallet. And like take advantage of ways you could do it in more private ways while you still can. Um, I think all the chaos that we've seen in first Canada, Ukraine, Russia, really just shows firsthand um, and before that, we saw it in Kazakhstan. We saw it, you know, across the world. Uh, when chaos does hit, when crises do hit, uh, it becomes much more difficult to secure the things you need, including Bitcoin. And you should have a plan in place uh, that has you prepared before that happens. Um, and this has always been one of the reasons why uh, I've never tried to trade, you know, volatile Bitcoin movements, besides the fact that I just... Not a good trader. Not a good trader. Uh, neither of us are. Um, and most people aren't. 99% of people will just get fucking wrecked. It's always worried me that like if I sold my Bitcoin, I wouldn't be able to get back in when I needed it. Yeah, you may not you be able know? to get that back. And I just would rather, I'd just rather ride this shit to zero than watch it, you know, become the world reserve currency and just yeah. become the money of the world and just not. I'm, t- I'm riding this. It, I'm know? riding this baby to hell if it goes there. I'll be going to hell in a sat basket. Okay, <laughs> hell in a sat basket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, car, pull that back up. I wanted to read the regulator quote. So the regulator so said, bad. "We regularly warn consumers that crypto assets are unregulated and high risk, which means people are very unlikely to have any protection if things go wrong." Let's <laughs> just say no. Let's just say oh, so people should be prepared to lose all their money if they choose to invest in them. And it's like fun. It's like complete projection. Like what's going on right now in the U.S. with the U.S. dollars? Well, they have a different part there. That's like they. So they have limits for like uh, no KYC. They have limits, and I think it's two hundred pounds. And they're like, it seems that people are doing many under two hundred pound transactions. They're calling it smurfing to get around the restrictions. But it's like, yeah, well, if you made the limit higher, then they would just do one transaction. <laughs> but you have the limit at 200. Like, what do you expect? Well, think about that. 250 pounds. How much money is that? Especially in this world of high inflation. You can buy like three loaves of bread and a steak. Yeah. They don't 
like they want to control you. They, you in the UK, you're not free. We're not free here in the U S they literally don't think you were an adult. You were capable of doing things worth more than 250 pounds without being labeled suspicious. Think of how insane that is. Like we, we live in a world, a, a complete nanny state across the globe. These people are completely insulting you. They do not think that you have the mental facilities or that you are a good enough person to be able to spend 250 pounds, which is nothing in the grand scheme of things, and make decisions for yourself without the state interjecting and surveilling you to ensure that you're not doing anything that they do not like. But if you're the prince, you know, you can go diddle kids, you can go to Jeffrey Epstein's <laughs> Island, you can, you, can, you can get pictures with Bill Clinton and a bunch of underagers and people will openly know that you were sexually assaulting uh, underage women and uh, you know, just be free. The, the queen just goes, hey, Andrew, we're going to take away some of your inheritance, okay, but just go stand in the corner and you're not going to be in any family pictures anymore. Think of the world we live in. You can't spend 250 pounds. You can't buy 250 pounds of Bitcoin without having to give up all this information. But Prince Andrew, hop on the Lolita Express and go diddle kids around the world. On your dime. On your dime, too. I keep pointing. Pointing into the camera. This is like a great thing in the studio. You're just like, ah, aggressive points. This is going to be the studio of aggressive points. <laughs> Live from the studio of aggressive points. I mean, Bill Clinton, one of the people he was associated with in Haiti, a priest, a pastor, he just got yanked for diddling kids. Pictures of those two together. It's two-tiered society. The, the rulers who make these rules and do whatever the fuck they want. To, but you, you, you can't do this. Cars got it up. Cars quick. With I mean, it. it is fucking ridiculous that they they use like terrorism and criminal activity to surveil us in every aspect of everything we do. And they are the terrorists and the criminals. And it's fucking insane. Meanwhile, like besides Ghislaine, no one has fucking Jeffrey Epstein stuff has just been completely forgotten. Yeah. Memory hold. Never happened. It never happened. Zoom in on this car. Like, look at this. Bill Clinton. Uh, please do not retweet this picture of Bill Clinton visiting the U.S. pastor in Haiti who adopted children and was just arrested for child sexual abuse. Gordon Clay ran the apparent project with many celebrity endorsements, including our ex-president, Bill Clinton, who we know was doing some weird things, who we know was on Jeffrey Epstein's plane at least 27 times, who we know is not fucking Hillary Clinton. Come on. Come on. We know that. Two-tiered society. You can't spend 250 pounds. These people can do, go do whatever the fuck they want and then lecture you and tell you you're a bad person and you're suspicious. Uh, all right. What do we think about Block's new hardware wallet? I wanted to talk about Kazakhstan next. All right, let's talk, talk about, about Kazakhstan. That. Let's go to Kazakhstan. Seized $200 million worth of mining equipment. Yes. From unregistered miners, so non-KYC miners. Um, and then they did, they, what are the stats there? Uh, if you scroll in, I think they said they, they forced, 
They got 55, what is that? 55 mining companies to basically comply with their regs and KYC themselves. They voluntarily closed down. <sighs> oh no, 55 voluntarily closed down. How many registered? Scroll right. 25 registered, uh, 55 voluntary closed down, and 51 were forced to close down, and $200 million of their equipment seized. And this is a country that has roughly 12% of the hash rate, which we actually know relatively well because they shut down the internet countrywide and the hash rate dropped by 12%. So like most countries were like estimating how much hash rate they have. Kazakhstan still an estimate, but the fact that they shut down the whole country's internet and the hash fell by 12% is a pretty good... Uh, indicator. Yes. And so this is somewhat similar to what Venezuela and Maduro did. And this is actually... This seems more sophisticated than that. More sophisticated, yes. Because they honey trapped the miners first. They said, hey, come in. We're going to give you tax breaks. Yeah. Got all this excess electricity. Come into Kazakhstan. Right. A lot of them came from China when the exodus happened. Come mine. the exodus. Come mine in Kazakhstan. We're going to give you tax breaks. You're going to get all this cheap electricity. It's sub three cents. It's beautiful. Come into these centralized on-grid uh, locations where you just like plop it down, build a massive facility, take our electricity, mine Bitcoin. And then it was a slow creep, a slippery slope. Then they said, you know those tax breaks we're going to give you? Yeah, they're they're not here anymore. And we're actually going to tax you a bit more than our other customers. Um, yeah, and you know what? Actually, you don't have these registrations that we just threw on you, so we're just going to take your shit. <laughs> like, that's... And that's what happened in Kazakhstan. It's pretty a, fucked up. It's pretty fucked up. I mean, there's publicly traded mining. I mean, I, I wonder, I doubt Genesis is one of the largest miners in the world. I, w I, I would imagine that they... They're one of the 21 that registered. Yeah, I imagine <laughs> they're one of the 21 that registered. But I mean, this, again, we're sitting in Texas. This is um, a big meme here in Texas right now. And I, do, I mean, with that being said, I do think Texas would respect uh, private property rights, respect, would respect private property rights better than Kazakhstan. However, this I mean, we'll find out. We, we will find out. I mean, this is what's happening here. They're saying, bring all your hash rate here, build these monolithic multi hundred megawatt facilities, uh, plug into our grid. Uh, and then follow these very simple KYC regs because, you know, you want don't to keep you your hate shit. criminals? You don't. You don't like terrorists. You don't yeah. like criminals. Like just follow these. Just just fill out this simple registration form, and next year make it a little bit more information. And then you make know, a little bit you... more information. Censor these transactions. It's just like yeah, boil the frog. Yeah, censor these transactions. But like, yo, Prince Andrew's trying to pay for 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 a little sex slave. <laughs> You're just one. really obsessed with Prince Andrew today. Just, I mean, it's just. A, it's... I think it's funny that he's a prince, but isn't he like ninety? No, you're thinking of... Uh, How old is Prince Andrew? You're thinking of the guy who died. Car, Duck, Duck, Goose it. Prince Andrew's got to be like in his 60s, I would imagine. Okay, yeah, that's the one I was thinking of. I just overaged him. You're thinking... I'm thinking of like... The, there's this meme of that one. Like, I think it's like the queen's wife... Or husband where he's like in the car and he's like... Uh. Prince Andrew has an arrogance that hasn't served him well. Since I, I asked just what his age was. Go it. Duck, duck, goose. DDG. DDG it. No. Prince Andrew is... Be on the right side there. 62. Wow, I called it. In his 60s. I mean, I hope you knew his age. I mean, you're an expert. 
Shouts. Medical expert first, then we were geopolitical experts, then precious oh. metal experts, and now... Out of all of them, I'm more of an expert on this stuff. Royalty I just don't, expert. I just don't talk about it as much <laughs> <laughs> on, on the show. We're trying to... Oh, I forgot. Urban expert. We're clinging on the YouTube. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they don't like when you talk about the pedo rings, the elite pedo rings. What was that? The elite pedo rings that <laughs> blatantly exist around the world. Thank you for speaking up. Yes. Um, so now we can talk about Block's hardware wallet. What do you think? Formerly Square. Uh, they released more details. Uh, they're planning on putting a rechargeable battery in it uh, with USB-C. Uh, it is going to be NFC based, which is, we already knew that. I love NFC. Um, I'm a big, I'm becoming an NFC maximalist these days. It's okay. Uh, it's a cool, it's a cool tech. Um, everything has trade-offs. There's no screen. They're going to put an optional fingerprint reader on it rather than a pen pad. Um, and I think, and it's going to be extremely cheap. It's going to work with a mobile app. The mobile app, you will basically set limits on it. Um, if you pay from your phone and it's below your limits, this is my understanding of what they posted. If it's below your, let's say you set your limit to, uh, a million sats, uh, any transaction that's under a million sats, it just operates like a normal phone wallet, something like a, a blue wallet or a samurai. Uh, if it's more expensive than that, you, whatever your internal limit is, uh, then you have to tap the hardware device on the back of your phone to spend maybe scan your fingerprint. Um, look, I mean, there's a lot of outrage about this. Uh, main reason is, well, With two main reasons is first of all, the reason we have screens on our devices is because if the phone is compromised or the computer is compromised, you want to check the offline hardware's device, device screen to double check because there's an air gap there. So, so it should show what you expect you're confirming. Um, on this, you can't do that. The second thing is fingerprint. Obviously, we all have our fingerprints. They're tied to us. Dave, hey, um, don't speak for me. I don't have any fingerprints. <laughs> someone can cut off your finger. Someone can pressure you to do it. Uh, we recently, uh, you see cops do it all the time where they try and face ID you or they try and take your finger and place it. You actually constitutionally are not protected if your phone has a fingerprint scanner. But if it's a pin, uh, you have the right not to unlock um, it. Yeah, not to not to uh, disclose that. Um, so, so ideally uh, for authentication, uh, fingerprint is not ideal. Um, but trade offs are everywhere. People lose pins. People use easy pins. So, like, look at the end of the day, I I I think what what Block is trying to do, what Square is trying to do, is is have a very low cost, open source uh, hardware wallet. That improves the security model over someone who's just using their phone wallet. They're, they're, they're only using a mobile wallet. Um, Bitcoiners have other options that are more secure, like cold card and seed signer. And ultimately, like people should make trade-off decisions and, and balance those trade-offs and make their own decisions. So I actually, um, I'm pretty intrigued by this project. I, like, I'm not going to keep my life savings on this thing. Mm -hmm. um, but in terms of accessible security in a self-sovereign way like they might have something here and i think it's really fucking cool that uh it's going to be open source so that basically they're going to release these schematics uh, ideally i assume they're going to release their own device 
but other people can go out and 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 build and and iterate on it, which is is pretty fucking awesome for a publicly traded company. Yes, I mean I agree. I think a lot of the initial outrage was a bit short sighted. We talked. Rodolfo and I about this yesterday. I, I mean, think. he has a similar product that he's releasing. Yes, but no, I think uh, I think Rodolfo, Rodolfo makes a good point. He's like, stop making the same thing, hardware wallet companies. Like, there's many creative things that you can do, and I think what Block did here, whether you agree with it or not, I think it's undeniable that they've expanded the design space of the hardware wallet industry with this. I mean, it's very unique. It's hasn't. I mean, the tap signer is literally. It's like the same concept. Yes. Without the fingerprint, it's just but, a pin code on it, right? But again, I would have I would put the tap signer in this too. I would, they were released right, right, like right. around the same time, expanding it. The fingerprints added um, variable with blocks products. But yeah, no, I think, um, again, like there's... Options are good. Options are good. Trade-offs exist. It's like Matt said, you're not going to put your life savings on this hardware device or your tap signer, probably. But it does allow you and will allow people designing products around this thing to think more creatively. It just expanded the the landscape for which to think of designing experiences around interacting with the Bitcoin network. So, yeah, they got a lot of shit for this. But yeah, I, I mean, I understand why people were were screeching on the internet. But I, I, again, I think I'm a I'm a fan of expanding the design space in this I'm, way. I will say what I'm intrigued about here as well is um, is the fact that originally I thought it was kind of going to be rolled into Cash App as like a multi-sig kind of setup. And it still seems like they're going to use like a multi-sig setup in terms of that authentication or maybe as, add that as an option. Maybe it'll, it'll work as like a two-factor or a multi-sig. Um, but what's interesting to me is it seems like they're going to make a brand new mobile wallet that's open source, powered by BDK, which they're funding through Spiral, the Bitcoin development kit. Uh, they're also funding LDK, so it could have Lightning support. Mm-hmm. Um, and it could support NFC uh, interaction with a hardware wallet in an open standard. Could end up working with things like TapSigner and other NFC hardware wallets. It could work with QR code signing uh devices. So I'm actually I'm actually pretty intrigued to see like what they come up with in terms of open source mobile wallet because let's be honest uh the overwhelming majority of people that onboard to Bitcoin are going to be doing it through mobile wallets. Um uh, we have some good mobile wallets, but like it'd be nice to have more. Mm-hmm. Uh and I I think that's a space that's very limited, uh, especially I mean like you can count them on you can count them on your hand. It's like Samurai, Blue Wallet, Moon, Breeze, and they all have different trade-offs. Phoenix. Phoenix, they all have different trade-offs. Some are lightning only, some are on-chain only. Like I want to see, you know, I want to see as much as much development there as possible. So you have them doing that. Um Foundation's mobile wallet is supposedly based off of BDK and Flutter. Uh so it should be interesting to see what they come up with on the software side. I I assume it won't be locked into foundation only. I would hope that it's fully open source and you can use it with any QR code based wallet, ideally NFC too. Um so there could be some interesting things happening here on the mobile wallet space. And if you can get a cheap tap signer or cheap whatever they call this thing uh for $5 like seed signers already cheap. It's at like $50, $60, but you get down to $5 all of a sudden you can have, you know, maybe you can have like a, a multi-sig setup with a with the blocks thing 
with your phone cold that you card. already have. No, forget the cold card for a second. With the tap signer and with the seed signer, and that's like, right? That's a that's a that's four keys at like under a hundred dollars. Yeah, it'd be insane. Each with different trade off balances and not trusting any single manufacturer. That's pretty. Yeah, it's like, pretty powerful. Like I said, that's like, empowering. That's empowering to the globals. They call what they call the global south, like people that are just disadvantaged. They don't have that much money, um, but they want to be connected to a worldwide financial system. Yeah, and it's again, it's expanding the the landscape of the design, the design around interactions with with the Bitcoin protocol, particularly private keys. So yeah, I'm a fan of it. I know people get. Uh, get a little weary when biometrics get it added to to Bitcoin. Oh, and the biometrics tools. are supposed to be local too. Like it's not supposed to, to go to a device. server. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, I'm a fan of it. So it will be very interesting to see what they come out with as they as they continue to 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 make us more aware of what they're building. So yeah, I mean, and a lot of people talk shit about Square, Blocks, Cash App, what they're doing. I mean, I think. What Jack and team are are doing at Blocks is is add a lot of value. I mean, LDK is valuable, BDK is valuable. Um, Spiral is sponsoring the dev who just came out with that Bitcoin Design too. Community. Yeah, Bitcoin Design Guide or Bitcoin Guide. It's not Bitcoin Guide. It's Bitcoin Design Guide. Bitcoin Design Guide. It might be Bitcoin Guide. Um, it's Bitcoin Design Guide. Car is going to figure it out. The first one doesn't work out. Um, yeah, that was all we got. Should we? I mean, we don't have any shout outs. Is that all we have? Let me triple check. I mean, we have a hard stop in 18 minutes. It's Bitcoin design.guide, right? Type into DuckDuckGoose Bitcoin design guide. Uh, oh, we didn't talk about how Crypto.com asked everyone to pay back their loans. Yes, that was weird. Uh, I was wrong. So what yeah, we didn't talk about this. Happened last. Bitcoin dot design. That's what it is. We were both wrong. Oh fuck! We were both wrong. <laughs> um, well, together we were. Still wrong. It's funny. So I, <laughs> I was uh, walking around the Colorado River here in Austin, Texas, a couple Sundays ago after the last UFC fights. And I was talking with a couple of Bitcoiners. Like, how the hell does crypto.com have all this marketing budget? They, they've paid for that commercial with Matt Damon. They sponsored the whole UFC. Matt Damon's so brave. He's so brave. He's so good at South Park. Fortune okay. favors the brave. Matt Damon lost my family all their money. <laughs> yeah. But it was brave. So they, they hired Matt Damon for a Super Bowl commercial. They uh, paid they paid F one a hundred million dollars. They paid F one a hundred million dollars. They I don't know how much they paid the UFC, but they're on every UFC jersey. And we it was funny that this news dropped last week after we had this conversation. We're like, how in the hell do they have this marketing budget? Like, are they using user funds to yeah. to like front run this like or to support this marketing budget and, and not saying that is the case there's no evidence an ICO. there's no evidence to to prove this at all it's just a, a hunch a theory but yeah it was a bit weird a bit odd that they came out only days later to like beg not even beg demand 
that their clients pay back their loans by March 15th. Um, Which was two days ago. So what happened? Do we know what happened? I don't know. I don't know if there's any... I don't know anybody uses... That's the other thing. I don't know anybody uses I mean, don't use it. It's, it's rehypothecation as a service. Like, I mean, they literally lend out your quote-unquote crypto because they don't just do Bitcoin. Yeah. I mean, I don't... I don't know anybody who uses crypto.com. Have you ever met anybody? I know F1 uses crypto.com as a sponsor. As a spon- <laughs> yeah. I, the, know. I only know people using it to get ad money. Like uh, you realize they like did the whole, uh, like they sponsored the league is what they did. So every race they have like an, a crypto.com corner where the cars go by and it's just like crypto.com, crypto.com, crypto.com. Yeah. So much fucking hundred million dollars. Insane. So crypto.com is interesting because it's actually been, uh, I mean, they can go fuck themselves, but it's probably one of the most uh, successful ICO uh, executions because they, I mean, I know domains are shitcoin, but it's a harder asset than most things that ICOs do. And what they did was they did their ICO for their token and then they went and bought crypto.com. Like the ICO wasn't for crypto.com because they didn't own it yet. And uh there was this guy who owned crypto.com for cryptography and he said, I'm never going to sell it uh, to a Bitcoin or crypto company. Um, and then in 2000, cause he was like, it's going to zero. Everything's going to zero. In 2018, he actually thought everything was going to zero. So he sold it to them for like nothing at the bottom in 2018. He sold them to them for like $8 million or $7 million or something for crypto.com. And then they built this whole company based off the name crypto.com with ICO proceeds. Um, so they can go fuck themselves, but uh, it's a pretty good snag on a domain name, right? Yeah. I mean, they are they can go fuck themselves, but they're very savvy. And they're an on-ramp too. It's not just like, I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people buy from them as an on-ramp. Like they must, like the app is, you know, they have an app or whatever. I don't, you know, I assume they're pretty successful. I think they're, on-ramp. I think they're like, obviously you go crypto in the app store, first one to come up, you get on and then. You yeah. buy, or you just type in crypto.com. Like, there's people that just yeah. type in the thing they want and add .com at the end. Yes, and they get thrown here, and I'm, I'm sure they're selling these assets and just making a killing on the fee side of it. I think they have a credit card too. They do, and but yeah, they're going back to like their savviness. They uh, they were like the first cryptocurrency after Bitcoin to get the the hashtag there. Their shitcoin. Well, they paid for it. Yeah, they paid for it. Yeah. Bitcoin just got it through Lindy. Yeah, that's not a person. That's just an effect. Big fan of unique domain names. Hi. Yeah. All right, we don't have any shoutouts this week, so I guess we're in person. We've got 13 minutes till we need to get out of here. I do need to uh, to unload some some of my bodily fluids at some point. Uh, the well, let's answer a couple questions to the freaks. How, how's the live chat looking, Car? Is it is it lively? What do we have, like two people listening? <laughs> like how Adele thinks millions is nothing. <laughs> I mean, for Crypto.com, I, I think that's pretty cheap, right? Like I, I think he sold it at the bottom for that. Yeah. He could have. He could have. Like they spent. They spent a hundred million dollars for a one-year advertisement on F1, but they spent eight million dollars on the fucking name of their company and the domain. Yeah, that dude could have easily gotten ten figures if he waited. Not ten figures. Uh, <laughs> he settled for seven. He should have gone for eight or nine. Excuse me. Um, we got nothing else. We gotta go. Luna market buying a I don't understand what this is. Someone, we were talking about this earlier. I heard I heard 
what's his face? Novo got a tattoo. Oh my god, it's so fucking cringe. I thought it was fake. Yeah, hopefully it is. I haven't seen it, but you know. I don't know. It seems like a shit coin game. I haven't looked into it. Just be wary. Uh, it's very hyped. Another heuristic, usually a local top when people start getting cryptocurrency tattoos. Um, just, There's like a stable coin involved. They're like buying a lot of Bitcoin to back the stable coin. I don't really understand what's going on there. I haven't really looked into it. The way Matt described it to me earlier, because I had no idea what it was either, was it's trying to, it's a more centralized maker DAO with Bitcoin as a collateral asset instead yeah. of ETH. So like Tether, they pretend like, USDC is backed by US dollars. I believe this is just backed by Bitcoin. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, sats are my stable coin. I had a friend reach out. Like I, I mean, obviously a lot of people's Bitcoin guy and he like reached out and he was like, Matt, like I know, like they always have to preface it before they ask me about shit coins. They're like, Matt, I know Bitcoin is king. Like I woke up to this text, but like, what do you think about Luna and Terra buying all this fucking you know, Bitcoin to like back their new project. It's like really big. What are your thoughts on it? And I responded back. Like, I was like, I have no thoughts. On this. <laughs> I literally <laughs> am just hearing about this for the first time. Yeah. And then I kind of looked into it and now, then I ate breakfast at Marty's and now I'm here. Yeah. Are you guys sticking around for the concert of Bitcoin 2022? Yes. I will not be. Sound money fest. When are you flying? I'm leaving that morning. I've got a very pregnant wife that. Oh, fair enough. Going away for that long. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm doing Miami 3rd through 11th. Um, I, you always put at least in one extra day after a conference unless you have a pregnant wife uh, because just you're going to be burnt out. Uh, so that's why I did that. And um, yeah. And yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm bummed. I'm missing. What are you going to be on the front end of it? I'm coming in. I'm coming in the sixth, leaving. Ah, uh, too bad. Yes. Doing a live dispatch on the fifth. If you want to join me for All that. All right. Maybe I'll maybe I'll come out a little early. The fifth is going to be dispatch, and then bit Be devs in the same venue, and then beefsteak right afterwards. Beefsteak. Um, that, that is a big draw to come. Also, out. the open source stage. A lot of programming is about to get released, guys. It's going to be fucking insane. I'm just, just chilling the open source stage the whole time, and you will have a fucking great fucking time b.tc slash conference. Ticket prices going up between now and the, the conference or are we, yes. we, we at the high? It'll go up. Okay. We'll go up. I code. don't know when they're going up. Use the code TFTC for 10% off. There's another code out there that'll get you more off. Yeah, but I don't remember what it is. I may have mentioned it in other episodes. But if you're too lazy to go find it and you don't remember what it is, you can always use the code TFTC. But open source is important, all caps. Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right, this is fun. We, uh... This is great. I fucking love the live rips. Yeah. Um, oh, we will be doing a live rabbit hole recap on the open source stage on the first day on to the wrap six. up the thing. And our boy Captain Youth will be performing immediately yes. following that. He wanted to do this a bit block boom, but we couldn't make it happen. Um, yeah. So he's a... <laughs> he got he got denied for Sound Money Fest. I was like, we got you. <laughs> you can close that rabbit hole recap. We'd be honored. Yes, we we are we are honored. They're going to close it out for us. Um, Captain Youth and what was I going to say? I was going to say something else. Oh yeah, I'm on a mining panel. Is ESG an attack on Bitcoin? That should wait. Be has fun. that been publicly released? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Fuck yeah. Yeah. I was pretty excited about that one. <laughs> that, uh, that'll be fun. And what are you? What are you? You emceeing? You're on panels. What are you doing? I'm running the open source stage. Uh, I'm doing a whole mining on the mining stage and uh, Bitcoin node panel. 
node roundtable. Um, I'll just be living in the open source stage, except for the mining, the whole mining for KYC free <laughs> Um When did we announce the ESG one? Uh, I had to be yesterday. I had people oh, texting. Yeah. I had people texting me. Fuck yeah! Um, I was really excited. We've been. I've been talking to you about that one for a little bit. I was yeah. very excited about that one. Yeah. So it'll be a fun one. I, um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna um, say my answer now. So I'll keep it for the stage. You're gonna have to go and find out. Well, I originally wanted the panel to be called ESG is an attack on Bitcoin. And then we decided on, <laughs> we'll put a question mark. It's more, it's more amicable. Yeah. It's more, uh, it's more Socratic, if you will. It's not a, it's going to be a great event. It is. Be there, be square. Miami, April 6th to the 9th. B.TC slash conference. That's what we call a nice mid-roll ad. We're going to tie it out with TFTC. <laughs> yeah. Cheers again. Look you in the eyes. Much love, brother. Much love. Car, we love you. Love you, freaks. Peace and love. Okay.